Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast, the Sutton podcast. I'm delighted to say that joining me once again as a guest today is back from his trip to crew where he planned ahead, unlike lots of people, stayed overnight and had a relatively easy journey home today. Um, it's Mark Bravery. Hi, Mark. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. Good, good, good. So you, you predicted all the travel chaos and you decided that you're going to have a nice relaxing trip down today, the next day. Or did you have other plans? Yeah, well, one of the benefits of being retired, of course, is you, you, you've got more time to play with. So, um, you know, if you've got a, a Tuesday night game some distance away from, from London, I'll, I'll you nearly always stay over. Yeah. Um, and it's much yeah. more relaxing doing it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yesterday's game, um, obviously disappointing. Uh, actually very... Very concerned when I watched Matt's interview earlier. He just sounded very, yeah. very flat and very down. Yeah. Um, which he doesn't normally. He's normally quite upbeat with something. Mm. Um, but clearly there's frustrations there. I mean, mm. when, when the lineup was announced, um, what were your thoughts going into the game? I, I was actually quite relatively confident after speaking to some crew fans. I was like, oh, we should still do this. Yeah, I mean, it was quite similar to the lineup um, from from uh, from Saturday, but of course um, Omar was out injured, so 
Kwame Thomas um, came into the starting lineup, um, and we're still missing Will Randall uh, as well, as well as see Ben Goodliffe who's out long term, and 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 Kobe. Um, so you know a few important players missing there, but you know all clubs have got to cope with injuries. Um, the injury list isn't as massive as one or two of the the lists we had last season. So you know we thought we we, we ought to be able to to cope. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I just think we were missing a bit of a a spark up front. Um, we seemed to lack a bit of creativity. Um, I mean, def we defended quite well for the most part. Midfield was was okay, um, but I think a little bit, a little bit light up front. I think we say we badly missed Omar um, last <laughs> night because he's a bit, he's a bit of an unpredictable player. Um, it, it, it's almost hard to, to to see what he's going to do, and that obviously gives opposition defences problems. Whereas you know, without wishing to be critical at all, I think you know Kwame and and Donovan are both. Bit more predictable in the way they play, um, and therefore probably a bit easier for defences to handle. Um, I think Donovan, we know to, to see him at his best, we need to, to get the ball to him at his uh, at his feet in space, and he just wasn't getting that mm. much last night. Um, there was one occasion end of the first half where he did kind of wriggle through and, and got a shot away, which the keeper dealt with not terribly effectively. Harry picked up the loose ball and, and hit the top of the bar. But apart from that, Donovan didn't have much of a, a sniff of, of goal. Um, and Kwame, we've got to bear in mind, he hasn't had much experience at this level. He was kind of bought in to replace Omar, bought in as a sort of target man and didn't have a lot of joy winning the high balls against their defence and, and was taken off after just over an hour. Yeah, I think the, the, the change probably was was planned because Matt, Matt likes to do it around the 60 70 minute mark anyway yeah um, yeah but there, there were just a, a lot of, not necessarily going forward because I'm not sure if this is the first time they've they've played together well definitely in the league match it'll be the first time they've played together mm -hmm. um but it was just the closing down that Omar does it's noticeable when he's not there how much mm -hmm. like, pressing yeah. and defending is from the front and it's when he's not there you're like oh okay yeah that, he does he does an awful lot more work than we realize we obviously appreciate the work he does, but it's just a little bit that he was missing. Um, it's not, again, not to be critical. It's the first time those two have like, sort of been a partnership together. But I think you're right. I think um, how Donovan was playing in that run into the title is slightly different to how we're asking him to play now. And I, I think mm -hmm. um, we're not getting the best of him at the moment. Um, but... Lots of people are saying, oh, we need a poacher, we need a striker who can score loads of goals. Donovan can score loads of goals, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we just maybe need to have a little tweak on, on what, what, how we're serving him. Um, yeah. But their goal was, was was actually a good goal. <laughs> for yeah, all no, the I agree. Puffing um, in the game. The, yeah. the game itself, I don't think, will ever go down as a, as a classic. <laughs> um, but th their goal was actually a good goal, and it's one of those that you just have to go, yeah, okay. I mean... There are talk where some people say, well, this person could have cut it and that person could have stopped it, but every goal can be stopped um, at some mm. point. Um, but we had loads and loads of chances. Um, mm. And this whole idea of a great striker who's sitting around waiting for something United to call mm. so they can come in and score 30 goals in a season for us, it's not going to happen. And even if it does, most of the chances didn't mm. fall to our strikers. Um, I think Harry had two, maybe three 
reasonable chances? Certainly two. There was one quite early where he had the ball in space and, and kind of sliced wide. Mm-hmm. And then there was the one towards the end of the first half that I've just mentioned where he, he hit the bar. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, most of our chances fell to either to Harry or to one of the defenders. Um, I mean, Joe Kizzy had a, a good good shot on goal quite late on in the game and that drew a good mm-hmm. save from their keeper. Uh, Louis John headed just over, I think it's from the corner in the first half. Yeah. Bob Milson came when Bob Milson's deliveries obviously very important for us. Um, he had a bit of a mixed bag last night. One or two of his free kicks didn't quite come off, but a couple of others caused their defence quite a lot of problems. And mm. one, I think, you know, almost led to a goal. Yeah, I think their keeper actually made a really good save. Um, was it Rob, one of Rob's free kicks? But nonetheless, yeah. we, we 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 didn't do enough to get to get the draw. Um, although when the two young'uns, you know, we're allowed to say that, um, came on and ran around up front, they, they did cause all sorts of problems because obviously they're playing a little bit without sort of any fear and just yeah. running around. Um, I thought Killian's penalty shout was quite soft. Mm. Um, I thought Donovan had a fairly good shout um, mm. earlier in the match. Um, and I think mm. he was sandwiched between two players. I spoke to Paul and he said, I think the, the pictures show that he's been pulled back by both of them, let alone, let yeah. alone one of them. Um, but yeah, it's it's just one of those frustrating games. Um, even to the point of uh, Luke came on quite late on, yeah, and um, he had a quite a good chance for a free kick. Obviously, he's yeah. he's good at a dead ball. I'm not sure if he was playing for this, hitting it off the knee to try and do a little one-two off the wall. <laughs> it, it seemed ambitious. Yeah. What, yeah. what was the thoughts in the stadium then? Um, yeah, I do remember that opportunity. I mean, I think Matt made that triple substitution on 80 minutes and, and that did change the game. I mean, suddenly we had all these you know, new players on the pitch, plenty of energy, um, and and you could sense that crew was starting to buckle. Um, They're only one nil up, of course, and they were starting to run the clock down. Their keeper was time-wasting. He was booked. They were taking the ball to the corner flag. Um, and when we did have the ball on attack, but you know they did just about manage to defend, but they were looking a bit nervous. And I mm-hmm. kind of thought if the game had gone on for another ten minutes, I think we would have scored. Mm. Um, but we we just left that late burst of energy, you know, a bit a bit too late, perhaps. A bit too late. Which yeah. ran out of time in the end. You know. Yeah. And I mean, their their keeper was at least in one place, uh, place man of the match. Um, he made he made team of the week as well. I think or team of the okay. day. Um, yeah. which again, I don't want to read too much into that now because, um, our keeper Jack was um in the team of the week against when we played against Barrow, and I was like, <laughs> I don't actually yeah. remember him doing an awful lot, but we think it might be the uh, the, the, the assist that he got for the goal. Okay, um, <laughs> he, he did make one very good save in that in that game, didn't yeah. It's a fierce long range shot, he tipped, I think, onto the post, and it was yeah. clear. Um but yeah, he didn't make a string of great saves in that game. Didn't need to. No, absolutely. And but he seemed to have settled um, a bit more now. Um, there was yeah, some yeah. criticism of various. Basically, he wasn't Dino um, of, of, yeah. of, in the first couple of games, but he seems to definitely have settled down a little bit, um, which we always knew would take a few games. Yeah, I, I've no concerns about Jack Rose. He's, he's very solid. Um, you know, he's not the character that that, that Dino 
is he, he he doesn't go charging out of his area he's not going to dribble the ball into the opposition half <laughs> as Dino did at, at Stevenage um but you know he, he, he's perhaps um you know le less of a maverick and that perhaps a bit less prone to positional errors um than, than Dean so he perhaps yeah. he has strengths that, that Dean didn't, and he's a different sort of keeper. But you know, I, I, I've no, no, no great concerns about him at all. And you know, mm -hmm. I, I trust Matt's judgment in, in that, that area of recruitment. Yeah, absolutely. And my my current favourite, um, Josh, he, he yeah. played again the full game. How how, how was yeah. how was he, he seemed to have a lot of the ball yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he, he's obviously a player who's still adapting to this level of football, but he's he's shown quite a lot of promise, and and I think he will improve through the season. Um, there are a couple of occasions last night where he he beat the def last defender, you know, got the ball to the edge of the area, but then there weren't too many options on, and the ball was played too close to their keeper, who made you know, two routine routine saves, easy saves. Um, but I think if he keeps yeah, keeps at it. Uh, eventually, the chance the chance will come, and he'll he'll, he'll get a, a goal or at least an assist. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I think you promise there. I think um, something in his favour is he can play on either wing or through the middle as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah. He's, he's definitely someone. Maybe it's a bit early in the season for him, but if imagine him coming on and running on tired legs, um, yeah. <laughs> would terrify anyone. Um, yeah, but. It's always difficult after a defeat because we're always down and a bit. Oh, but who who would you? I've got a few names to chuck in, but right. who, who do you feel are your player of the day? Um, a couple of nominations. Right. Yeah, I had a quick chat with with Andy Kay about about this, and we we both agreed that the standout player last night and indeed of the season so far has been Rob Milson. Yeah, um, he just looks a cut above everybody else at the moment. Um, very reliable, um, very solid on the ball, but gets forward well, pr can provide assists. And of course, we've already mentioned his free kicks. Um, didn't get them all right last night, but a couple of them caused real problems for the, the home defence. Um, and he also got back to make one great blocking tackle as well, which could have led to a goal had he not not, not done that. Um, so his all-round play was, was 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 very good, and, and he would certainly be my pick for man of the match for, for last night and indeed of, of the season so far. So far. Um, if we're talking about other names, um, I mean, we've mentioned Josh, you know, you, you, you could throw his name in. I thought Joe Kizzy and Louis John had pretty good games at centre-back. Um, Joe bought that save from their keeper right right towards the end, about 75 minutes, I think. Um, it was a good, good, a good goal attempt. We know Joe can get forward and score. Um, from set pieces and, and such like, so those are two other names you might want to might want to yeah. throw in. Perfect. So what we'll do is because three of those names were same three names that I'd put down anyway. Okay, um, so, that's good to hear. So, yeah, so Joe, Josh, and Rob. Um, I think Rob is doing. Obviously, he was with us last year and he was great anyway. But yeah. he's doing what what Eastie seemed to do last year and just suddenly be like, okay, now I'm. I'm doing a little bit of a step up maybe yeah. that's the signing of uh mr hart um <laughs> coming yeah. in and having yeah. Yeah. feeling like his shirts are under a bit of pressure so he, he feels he has yeah. to we will have joining us in a little while um gentlemen alex from uh grimsby podcast but what are your your own thoughts ahead of the grimsby match at the weekend it's another away match another team that we certainly haven't played very yeah. often 
I mean, I, I have to confess, I don't know a great deal about Grimsby. I, I've seen them play once before, but that was several seasons ago. Um, I know they had a player with them last season. Uh, I think his name was McAtee. I can't recall his first name. But he, I know he got a lot of goals for them. But I think he's he's now left. I think he might only been on loan, and I think he's gone to Luton. Um, so he's player one player we won't, I think, need to face uh, this weekend. But I think he scored a lot of important goals for for Grimsby last season. And of course, they had that fantastic run of playoff wins to get to get back up into League Two, where they I think they won three successive games away, didn't they? Including at Wrexham. Um, so was it five four or something? They they they, they won there. Um, so well, they might have been a roll at the moment. Yeah. Well, we'll find out some of those those. Um, details in a sec because Alex yeah. from the DN35 oddcast or podcast I'm not 100% sure which way around it is is just going to join us now thank you for taking the time to listen to Sutton United Talk Time on podcast the Sutton podcast if you are new to the show hello and you are very welcome hope you enjoy what we do it's a very simple format we get a few people on to talk about the game that's just gone and then we preview the next game coming up we are available on most podcast platforms where you can listen, rate and review. If you find that we're not on your preferred platform, please let me know and I'll sort that for you. If anyone would like to support the podcast, you can find out how with more information on the website, which is www.suttonpodcast.com. And there's a tab where you can find out how to be a guest as well. Please find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok with the username at Sutton Podcast. Every like, follow and share is really appreciated. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Hello, Alex. Evening, gents. Can you hear me? I can indeed hear you. Yeah. So I have you... no idea which one of this is coming out. Of, so... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever one it is, it's working. Um, so, Alex, um, tell us a little bit about um, yourself and your, and your podcast. And what is it? Is, the, is it podcast or podcast? Is it a what? Oh, oh, no, I'm gone. <laughs> podcast. There is there is no place for jokes like that. Uh, <laughs> place spelt P L A I C E. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Are, are there jokes for Sutton? Is it just no, like it was, phone no, it shop was, references? Is it? Yeah, is that about it? <laughs> no, it was just on, on your Twitter. It's it's got the DN35 and then in brackets P and then oddcast promoted. Hmm. Oh. P for promoted. I didn't get that. Oh. I've got it now. <laughs> we just got to change it to C some point for champions, but maybe yeah. not this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was it. We should no. probably change that now, but um, yeah. <laughs> I think we, we we all kind of enjoyed it for a while. I think the club still got it up as well. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been doing the um, the podcast? Oh, we've been doing it for sort of six, seven years. We've been doing it for quite a Excellent. while now. Um, it was just uh, me and my friend Henry. We both live down south. Uh, so um, it was a way of being able to chat with one another. We uh, basically sat across from one another, never knew each other before town games. Uh, and we endured what we thought was the worst ever season, sort of 24 games without a win at one point. Um, so thanks to uh, old drunky drunk Mike Newell for helping us out in that one. <laughs> Spent more time in the bar than he did on the training pitch. Um, and um, yeah, it meant that we went down, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. It was at one point, you know, when it just goes into pure chaos and everybody's rebelling and all the fans are just, you know, it's gone past gallows humor and everyone's just taking the mick out of absolutely everything. Uh, it was probably one of my more enjoyable seasons following town. <laughs> just, you knew what was going to happen. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, we came off the back of that and it's sort of, we actually now are slightly professional and have a schedule instead of Ooh. saying, we'll be back next week. And then six <laughs> months later, we'll rock up again. <laughs> so you guys did the, um, the very rare 
dropped down to the National League and back again. <laughs> yeah, we don't know how we did that. Um, <laughs> it was the right half. Uh, and it's, it, it's, it, it's interesting because obviously we were... Um, we went into it fully aware of what we were this time around anyway, fully aware of what we were getting into um, and um, sort of waiting for it. And it was nice to see Oldham got national lead, old Vanarama yesterday losing to Wealdstone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we fully embraced it. The second we went back down, we knew what we were getting into and sort of, I still hate Andy Woodman with a passion. Uh, I can't wait till he has a coronary because he's got a BMI high, higher than the points total he got last year. Um <laughs> I was happy to throw myself well into it straight away and, and go, go, yeah, we lose to Wheelston. It'd be funny. Yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah, so um, it was it was useful. And so we just expected to be down there for a few seasons. It was like, I mean, even from when you guys were there now, the money is ridiculous, isn't it? Like Stockport and Wrexham were, were, were going for it. Chesterfield have decided that having no money isn't a problem. They'll just spend it anyway. Yeah. Um, and and putting, what, a quarter of a million down for Tishmanga. Uh, so yeah, it was. Um, I don't know how we snuck in, and then we just. <laughs> it was weird because we didn't do. We hadn't done that sort of playoff campaign of sort of three games, and then they're all away from home if you count West Ham. And um, yeah, it was. It was just chaos. It was pure. It felt like a mini World Cup, like a really bad mini World Cup for everyone else. Um, and we just found out no one had had an. No one had had chance to work out that one of our players could throw the ball really far. And hadn't right. worked out how to sort of judge it, uh, so we kind of had the right time frame for him to go. Actually, if we defend this, we'll be all right. But um, they didn't, so we're back here, and I can actually watch the games again instead of having to listen to local radio. <laughs> so this season so far, um, what were your expectations? And I know it's only a few games in; it's one less for you. But um, what what were you hoping for, and how's it going so far? Oh, you've just lost. We've just lost. I you. just. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I'd not this, and I think it muted it automatically. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's weird because we've. I think the town fans are pretty sort of savvy in where we should be. We do have aspirations to play higher, and we do have that sort of. But we try and hide that idea of like, oh, we used to be a Championship club, don't you know? Because uh, that's a long time ago now. Uh, and um, but we do have aspirations to be that high. Uh, we've sold the most season tickets we've sold in living memory, so we sold around 6,000 season tickets this season. Um, and so people are expecting stuff, um, and we expect to, to keep going. I always think League Two is actually slightly easier than the National League to get out of. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if it's true anymore. You guys will probably be able to, to, to say so because it was always a good adage that if you got out of the National League, you were you'd stood yourself in good chance to do well in League Two. Um, but I'm not sure, you guys aside, I don't know if that's say, the same sort of adage now. Look at Harrogate, look at Barrow. Those teams of Macclesfield, those teams struggled when they came back up. So Yeah, I think Harrogate might have struggled because they went up and then they had the COVID um, behind closed yeah. doors. They, they didn't have that, um, everyone with them. And they, they Yeah, did, that's a good point. Um, we, we just... We, we still don't really know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we'll still be another five or six years going. Yeah, yeah, we're non-league, but we just happen to be in the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do like to take the like. Oh, 
yeah, just take. I'm glad that do you know. I don't. It'd be interesting to get you guys' thoughts. I like that there isn't the 3G pitch thing, and I know you and Harrogate had to go through it because it does seem mm. just an added level of professionalism to the league. I can understand the reasons for it, uh, but I don't know. I, lo- I yeah. loved it. Um, a lot of the criticism on the 3G pitches, and I'm sure Mark will, will agree with me, is they're terrible for the players, and we get loads and loads of injuries. Um, we've had more injuries in the last season and a bit that we had in five years on the 3G pitch. Um, for for us, one of the, one of my proudest things is when we had to take the pitch up, there was a lot of um, worry from Sutton fans. And it took a little while for everyone to understand the worry wasn't about the first team because the first team are always going to have a pitch. Is we've got a, a big community team. We've got the women's team. We've got the academies. And they all used to play on the pitch. So it was a huge, huge thing and part of the, uh, our, our our sort of identity where so many people played on the pitch because all the little kids running around that's Sutton United's pitch that's our supporters in the next 20 years yeah um but so yeah we we loved at first we weren't sure there was a lot of us that were, weren't sure um, I can't remember which camp you were in Mark but um yeah I think we mostly turned the corner didn't we we were all fans by the end yeah, I think we we were we were persuaded. I think that our manager at the time, Paul Doswell, was clearly a, 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 an enthusiast and an advocate for for three G pitches and and um, the fact that you could play on them in any weather. You you didn't get games called off because of waterlogged pitches or frost, but very often if at all. And obviously the community aspect, Mike, that you've just just described, and I think a lot of the fans just just bought into it because the manager and and, uh, and the people around him. Um, were so enthusiastic about it. Yeah, I think you know, there was also a kind of you know everybody's against us, and so so many other fans and clubs seem to be against three G. It was almost a kind of right, we're going to prove you wrong. <laughs> dug in defensively uh, and marshal all the arguments in in, in favour of three G. It, it was the first thing mentioned every time anyone ever lost. Yeah, on the pitch, it was like, oh, of course, yeah. it's the magic pitch. <laughs> We we well so we I think we've only used who would who would have had a three G pitch last Bromley. season just Bromley. Bromley so we went to Bromley in October last year and it rained like it did today so it was cataclysmic and there was definitely an advantage our players were playing like Bambi on ice it was like Mark Fowler from you know um, dancing on ice one of our left wingers went for it and he kept running and he couldn't stop sort of thing um, and they just knew that they just had to shoot and and it'd be all right uh, but. Um, yeah, I think that probably didn't help, but it is nice to, you know, if you lose, you can have a jibe going, come on, lads, you've got to get off. The Beavers have got this pitch booked at 10. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, so torrential rain. Um, <laughs> yes. We're in the middle of a drought. There's hosepipe bands going on everywhere, and your game was called off for water pitch. <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was just biblical rain. It was just, you know, the ground is dry as out, so... Uh, it doesn't help. It also doesn't help. It was high tide yesterday for us, like a real high tide, because the ground is next to the the um, is next to the sea. That actually affects the water table under the pitch as well. Uh, so um, yeah, it was just it just couldn't it just couldn't seep in anywhere. And they did stop for sort of ten fifteen minutes to try and get the water off, but it was coming down as quick as they could get it off. And it was it did have a one that there was one tackle. Please come to our pot like go check our Twitter feed out because Anthony Glennon made a tackle which was so wonderful. He slid in from about 45 yards out and was and he sort of ended up in the away stand, water everywhere. 
it was oh, it was beautiful and they nearly scored a, a ridiculous own goal uh it was a lot of fun but i think my heart goes out for carlisle fans who sort of made that trip it's yeah. not an easy one is it no and um <laughs> but and at least they get to come to cleethorpe's twice the lucky so-and-so so yeah you know. yeah yeah another midweek trip uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Sure it's gonna, they can't wait <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure it'll be in November, so it'll be fine. They'll love it. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a bit of a it was a funny one. But um yeah, it it needed to be done. Uh but yeah, yeah hilarious. So on our trip, which is gonna be Saturday, I mean I haven't checked your weather reports. Are we expecting <laughs> more rain or are we do you well, think I'm we're more... good to go? seeing the pictures I've seen out of uh London today, I'm more worried about you guys getting out because uh-huh. you know, Hendon's flooded. And and everything, so you know, I don't know. Um, it'll be fine. don't worry about it. yeah, that's what it's, I was like. Um, it's it's you got to go through it to get there, haven't you? <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be um, it'll be all right, and it'll be a cracking day. You're lucky because it'll be in the summer, so you've got no better place to come. Mm. Uh, the beach is an actual beach, under like what you southerners call a beach, which is basically just a gravel yard. Um, <laughs> It doesn't look like Juicens. It's a proper beach with sand, and you get decent fish and chips. None of this cod muck right. that you lot eat. So you okay. know, you'll, you'll love it. Absolutely All love right. it. Good. It'll be beautiful. And, and on uh, while we're doing the food, where, where's where's the good place for us to drink? Stay at home. have some plans himself, but <laughs> so to drink, you'll probably end up going into Cleethorpe. So um, there's enough. It's just you know, it's skeggy, it's bright, and it's Bogner. So um, yeah. you'll be you'll be absolutely fine. Um, it'll be. Um, there's the um, no Tivoli Town in Grimsby. There's a decent local brewery on the way into town called Doc's Beers, which is perfect. Uh, in Cleethorpes, there's a place called Message in a Bottle, which does lots of um, sort of uh, niche breweries and craft beers, which is great. There's a Spoons, um, and then there's um, enough bars around that's like zero degrees north and stuff, which are brilliant. And you can sort of walk if it's nice enough. You can walk from the seafront down the seafront up to the ground so uh you'll love it and get a steals or any beckets for fish and chips and you'll okay. be absolutely perfect you'll love it Lovely. it's a proper old ground proper roof on it as well oh, uh, you make a you'll make a fair bit of noise <laughs> good good and mark where, where are you headed i know you um yeah i've been to cleethorpe once before um there's a little micro pub at actually at cleethorpe station it's called something like the number one refreshment room yeah, number one signal box. Owns really early at so either ten or eleven. Um, there's another, I think, owned by the same people. There's another one pub, pub nearby, overlooking the the station as well. Uh, sort of sister pub of that one, which is a bigger, bigger one. There's also uh, a brew pub a bit further away called called Willie's, which I've been to, and um, they brew their own beer there. And there are, there are, as Alex says, there are other places as well. So um, plenty of opportunities in, in Cleethorpes and only a short walk from the ground. Yeah, let's not tell people they, oh, they can start at 10 o'clock. That's that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's a whole extra hour for them, Jesus Christ. There's, there, I think they have the world's smallest pub as well, somewhere further up as well, the signal box. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. I've not been there, but I'm aware of that place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll love it. It's brilliant. There's a lot of things that you can go on the light rail. It'll be like a football special, but for the borrowers. Uh... <laughs> Excellent. And what what do we think of uh, results wise, guys? What do we think? We are we are we expecting a nice board draw, or are, are you confident, Alex? Mark, what are you feeling? I think it's going to be quite hard. I have to confess, I, I don't know a great deal about the current Grimsby side. Obviously, I've seen some of their results, but um, 
I don't I don't quite know how um, how to how to forecast this one, but looking at our results so far, we've not scored many and not conceded many. Um, our defence has been fairly solid, but we, we struggled a bit up front, and we might be missing one or two forward players still. So uh, I'm not expecting a high scoring game. Um, maybe one all. I'll say tentatively. Okay. okay, and Alex? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much mirrored for you guys. We've got no strikers. Uh, John McAtee was sold to Luton, immediately loaned back to us, which was brilliant. And then they went, you know, that shoulder injury that's bugging bugging in. Can we have a proper look at it? And he's out now till sort of January. Um, Ryan Taylor um, is brilliant, uh, but he's about 96 uh, and uh, so, uh, sort of can't play a full game. We've got a guy from Luton now on loan as well, in addition to that, who's quite raw. Uh, but we're decent at set pieces. Uh, if anything gets on Waterfall's head in the box, you're doomed. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, but we're playing some neat stuff, and it's sort of the Leighton Orient game was a real test of character to show how it was the first game of the season. Uh, crew we demolished, which is brilliant. Uh, we got lucky against Rochdale. They could have been three four nil up after the first sort of foot thirty minutes, but then sort of took it with Waterfall header at the end. Um, it it will be nice. I imagine it'll be a big crowd. Um, and so I think there'll be quite a bit of expectation that we go out there. I would imagine there'll be all these sort of no disrespects to the likes of Sutton, uh, as you all love to hear, because uh, we usually have it thrown at us. Um, and then we'll all be walking off wondering what, how we lost 2-0 and we're playing <laughs> off the park. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I would imagine it'll be... A, I'd like to think we, we'll go out there and give it our all. They seem to be really, um, really gelling and the midfield is really tough to get through. So um, uh, if you can get behind if you can get behind our defence, so if you've got a fast guy up front or on the wings, you've got an opportunity. Uh, the left is a little bit more vulnerable than the right, though Fete, who used to play for Wealdston on the, on the right, does get a little bit lost. He does like to run up and is a pretty good attacking uh, right back, but then we realise we've got no one <laughs> back to defend. Um, so that's usually a good opportunity. But, um, I mean, we've lost a league game out of it, so we haven't really seen much more other than that. But um, yeah. you've got to play for the full 90 because we go for it all. We... Um, you know, if we're if it's still nil nil with ninety three minutes gone, we could still win that thing because that seems to be how we score nowadays. Yeah, same as us as well, actually. <laughs> oh god, so it'll be yeah. nil nil, then it'll yeah. end four four. Yeah, That's... it'll be. Yeah. We we won nil up against Doncaster in ninetieth minute, and then we decided that you know what, this is too easy, and we let them score twice. And then another time we'll score twice in the last in the last minute or two. So yeah, never leave our games early. Yeah, <laughs> same. It's, so it'll it's, still be rammed. It's, it's going to be nil nil. Um, yeah. <laughs> gents thank you very much for your time um i will uh, tag you into it on twitter so everyone can see your handle and, and look for your your sliding water tackle um, you mentioned <laughs> that's earlier amazing on. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw, it is so beautiful <laughs> it's gonna be the kind of thing we're gonna really love um <clears throat> thank you all for listening and um, there is another interview just coming up now because if anyone can't make the grooms match there is some ladies playing at home on Sunday, two o'clock kickoff. Um, it's against Fulham, and it's first match of the season. It's free entry, so um, please um, come along. Um, there is an interview coming up with Fred just now, um, where I struggle to work out whether it's a free um, entry or not. And uh, amazingly, they did all the social medias as I was talking to Fred, so I sound very confused. Not sure, but it is free entry. And I'm delighted to say that joining me now, after much toing and froing and chasing around and almost stalkering, but not quite there yet, is the Sutton United women's team first team coach, 
Um, it's Fred. Hello, Fred. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Um, so you kind of dropped in it last last minute and had to had to do quite a bit of um, extra things on Sunday, and we couldn't quite get the time on Sunday, but um, it's all a bit calmer now. It's Monday. Karma-ish. Uh, <laughs> You've got training tomorrow night as well, is it? Or we have, yeah, yeah. yeah so, in general, just um, your, have you been with Sutton long, or did you come along with Will? Or so, or so I've joined this season. Um, mm -hmm. coach Will obviously joined um, towards the back end of last season. Um, I've known Will for some time. Uh, we used to work together. So, yeah, I think we've been trying to get together for a good couple of years and never really worked out. And, yeah, this was the opportunity to, to, to try it. Excellent. So, again, um, I, I make no mistake that I, my knowledge of football is limited and my knowledge of ladies football is even more limited. So I was trying to work out where we sit in the sort of grand scheme of things. I said it's almost like Ryman level, but Dave Fairbrother corrected me and said, no, it's more like National League level. Um, so how many promotions do we have to do to we start playing the Chelsea's on a regular basis? So so the girls are playing Tier 5 at the moment. So mm -hmm. they're playing like the London South East Regional Prem. Yeah. Um, it's a regional league, but it's, again, yeah, it's Tier 5, which again leads into Tier 4, which becomes a bit more of a branded league at the national level. Right. Uh, the traveling becomes a little bit more uh, depending on again the region like it's national league south and then you move up into the prem division which is tier three and then you join into the championship and then you move into the wso in tier one so right. some way to go still but <laughs> we'll kill it um and obviously this is the highest level we we've ever played at um how much is it sort of is it a closed group within football? How much have we known about Sutton and the, the kind of rise over the last few years? Um, well, they've, they've definitely been on the radar. Uh, they've had you know tremendous amount of success in terms of climbing up the leagues. And where women's football is quite a uh, small, I suppose, community of of teams. Uh, you know, maybe not like the men's side where there's like hundreds of leagues. Uh, it's easier to kind of keeping on who's doing what and who's doing well and and yeah Sutton have been doing well over the last few years so that's that's obviously been out there on the radar yeah so I, I've I've watched a few games over the years I've watched slightly more last year because I've now I've got I've watched now five but she's very interested in it and I entirely blame Jazz because she waved at Rosie <laughs> and, and and Lassie at the hook <laughs> now I'm there all the time but the um I just feel that this this season could be a bit of a tricky one. Um, do we get that feeling? Because the step seems to be quite a jump between the two. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, the league that the, the leagues are getting competitive every single year in women's football, and that's that's obviously filtering down, uh, which is really really good. Um, you want that, you know, you don't want to be playing like easy teams every single week. So, in terms of Tier five, yeah. Tier five has improved a lot this year. There are a lot of teams that have come into the league from the league above that are still strong. Um, and again, Sutton are a strong team that have come up from the league below. Um, and funnily enough, you know, their league below has got stronger and more competitive this season as well. So every single season is a challenge, regardless of what league you're playing in, because of the improvements that are being made in in women's football and the the you know the filtering down, I suppose I should say. So yeah. It's, it's, it'll be a tricky season, 
but it'd be good because it'd be more competitive games and it would be another challenge for the girls to rise to, which I'm sure they will. Absolutely. I mean, we the headline names jump out in this league. Obviously, it, the divisions are slightly different, uh, but the headline names you see teams like Millwall and, and Fulham, and you're like, "Whoa, hang on a minute! This is <laughs> these are these are full professional clubs." Obviously, they're playing at the same level as us, but your, your mind is tuned. Um, how how good are their teams? Are they are they just a bolt on, or because I know in women's football, there's been a lot of just, "Oh, we have to have a women's team," so therefore we'll, we'll just do it. Are, are they good? women's sides or are they just box standard we could no they're they're good sides they you know they i think the way women's football's gone maybe over the last two years especially um there's been a lot more support from professional teams such as fulham to kind of um maybe help support like the women's women's programs and you know millwall were new to tier five last year uh, and they were a strong side they were very competitive and you know, very well organised, both on the pitch and off the pitch. And, you know, things you hear from players about them are, are positive and, and they're moving in the right direction. And the same with Fulham. I know the manager at Fulham, uh, Steve Jay. So, you know, I've had plenty of communication with him about what he does there and, and how they go about things. And, yeah, there is a lot more that, you know, those clubs are coming in with a real professional attitude and mindset to uh, wanting to build on their success, but in, in, the, in the right kind of way, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean... It's good to have them in the league as a maybe standard setter, both on the pitch and off the pitch, uh, of how we can improve things and, and do things better. So, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's also the name sort of jumps out at us as, as supporters and it's like, whoa, that's that's a headline to, to grab. Um, I, I also noticed that we're one of the few teams, I know the friendlies have been different, but we're one of the few teams that essentially um, will, will be sharing the, the main pitch. Um is that how, how important is that from your point of view um, as a coach? Is make any difference, or, or does it really make you proud that we're doing that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a great thing. I've, obviously, you've been at the pitch, so it's it's a really really nice like ground. Like the, the gra- being able to play on a really nice grass pitch is quite rare these days. Maybe at the level that we're at, um, but facilities overall. I think, especially at the tier five level, where it's getting so competitive now, having having good facilities really, really helps. Not just for recruiting players, but for developing current players. And yeah, I think just being able to share the ground is really unique for us. It's it's a lovely grass pitch, and I'm trying to think if there's many teams. There are a few teams like the Dartford obviously play at the can sometimes play at the stadium on their grass pitch as well as the AstroTurf sometimes and. Fulham last season we were fortunate enough to play on their grass pitch at the um at the training ground which is which I was affiliated with another team so yeah it is it is really really important and it's you know something that we're very grateful for to, to be able to play on it's not grateful it's proud <laughs> I'm proud that our club does it yeah, um, yeah. because that's one of the things obviously I, 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 do, do you follow the men's side or um not so much. You don't have to. Don't worry. <laughs> so, without upsetting too many of the followers, uh, obviously being new to Sutton this year, um, uh, I've started to. Uh, we've been down to a couple of games to watch a couple of the men's games in pre-season. Uh, try and show you know same support they show us. Um, so it's something that hopefully I'll get into more this year. Uh, in terms of like local teams, yeah, I, I support my local team a little bit more this year. So yeah, obviously no, I'll be, naturally. 
yeah, no Sutton fan is going to worry if someone supports their local team. Don't <laughs> yeah. What I was going to say is when we, the year we got promoted and the pitch had to come up, one of the things that really, obviously we're worried about the pitch. One of the things that made me quite proud of being a Sutton's fan, it's boring, I know, for everyone listening, is the fact that our concern wasn't that the pitch, where were the first team going to play? It was, hang on a minute, we've got a women's section, we've got community teams, we've got the academy, we've got the kids, where are they going to play? And it, it took a little while for everyone to get the message that we weren't worried about the first team, we were worried about all the others. And again, that 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 was quite a, quite a proud moment that we were just really like, no, no, <laughs> we're worried about the whole club because it is a community club. Um, I know I know a joke around about Jazz waving at Rosie, but it, it's such a little hook. It's so it's so good when um, when I'm there. It's so different. You've got you can wander around the whole pitch. Um, the girls do come over. The ladies, sorry, women, sorry, guys. <laughs> they do come over and, and interact with the kids and talk to the kids. And obviously, the kids are looking up at them, going, "Oh my God, you're my hero," which I think is really, really important. And do do you get that sense of the kids interrupting them from your point of view, or are you quite, yeah, no, we'll leave that happen? No, I think I think the girls are really good. Um, I think I came to one of the games last season. It was one of the things that stood out for me. Uh, a couple of the players. I think work with a couple of teams on the youth side and having them there as fans being able to actually watch the games, which is quite difficult on a Sunday because I'm aware that a lot of youth teams play on a Sunday, but having those players that play for Sutton at the younger age groups come to games and, and watch that, you know, the girls play is, is fantastic from like a role model point of view. Um, and the girls really take well to it. They're, they're, they're really good with them. And uh, I think it's just important is, you know, it's, a bit like on the men's side, isn't it? When you're a fan and you go and watch the games and you've got the young kids, you know, looking and wanting to be like the centre-back or the striker. Yeah. So for that to resonate on the girls' side and we have that more as well here is, is something that really stood out for me when I came to watch a game here and something that's really nice, nice to have. Yeah. No, it's definitely good. And the, the I mean, it's a pre-season. It's been a bit unfortunate this year. Um, there was quite a lot of matches planned and scheduled. And then we've had two sort of heat waves and quite a lot got called off last minute. Um, there's been, a, I'll talk a bit more about this, but um, there's been a few com complaints about communication, not, not your fault, um, but I was delighted actually because of um, how the complaint was made and what it meant. Yeah. Um, but how difficult has it been with the preseason, with a plan that you had in place and then suddenly games being called off last minute, finding last minute opponents? I know at the weekend you were rushing around um, Norfolk um, for yeah. you know, a game that was supposed to be at home. Um, yeah. but how difficult has the planning been on that? Oh, yeah, it, it can be really difficult. But I think with, again, like the women's teams that we have in and around our level, a lot of teams are in the same boat. You know, like there'll still be some squads even at this time of year where their squads aren't set. So it's natural that friendlies get cancelled and it's hard. Like uh, With us, we've been pretty lucky with the players that we had from last season all wanting to stay on and adding players to the team. So we were pretty much set with friendlies. We were always going to have a squad regardless of uh, who we played. So not other, you know, other teams aren't as fortunate. You know, most of the time that they can't play is because they can't fill the team. And, you know, that can be quite difficult because they're still in the recruitment phase and still trying to attract players to their programmes. So it has been difficult, but we've adapted like every other team. And again, we were really lucky on Sunday to find a game against Actonians away, which... You know, thank you, thank you to them for sorting that one out for us. So, and thank you to the girls because obviously changing from playing at home to going all the way to Northolt last minute. You know, thanks for their commitment, really. Yeah, no, 
and 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 yours as well because one of the reasons why we struggle is because you were taxi driving <laughs> and yeah. dropping people off so um thank you as well so that that's another thing that people don't necessarily twig because yes we're, we're playing for Sutton professional team um but it is a, a level that's not quite there um so people perhaps don't realize the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes um they really do but i don't think it's there in the forefront of your mind when you say oh you're, you're the coach um changing tactics slightly um the euros yeah um ha- and, and again i don't mean this in any any way but how interested are you in watching um England. Um, I know a lot of people that watch Sutton, uh, the men's team, aren't interested in, in, in the internationals. But how, how interested were you in the Euros and how it was all taken? As an international, with internationals of England, down the years, I've been notoriously really, really bad. I don't think, I think the last time I watched a proper World Cup was maybe uh, 2002 was the last like, internationals I watched. Um, I tend to do like a lot more of the analysis side of things. So you know, looking at teams and breaking things down or getting ideas. But uh, yeah, I watched I watched the finals against Germany, which I thought was a really high quality game. And you know, I didn't watch all the England games or the women's when they were on, but you know, caught caught the finals, and that was you know a great performance. But yeah, generally internationals as, as far as they go, I'm t- I prefer I prefer watching the boys. Well, I <laughs> um, over the years been let down by England so many times so you kind of you kind of like it's not going to happen it's not going to happen and had Germany in the final and I was like yeah it's, it's not going to happen we're going to lose on penalties what's the point um, but uh, even even little them who when we were watching early games in the tournament were like why aren't they playing in yellow it's, like, <laughs> it's not our, it's not our girls no um, but then my absolute favourite person in the whole wide world, Chloe Kelly, for that last ten minutes and um, yeah. keeping the ball in that in that corner, I was like, this, yeah. this, <laughs> I was bouncing up and down. I was delighted. But how do you feel the impact's going to be now with women in sport and in football, in particular, is going to have that knock-on effect of encouraging more girls to play and importantly stay um, playing? Because I know there's a massive drop off. I was talking to Faye and she sort of says there's a big drop off, sort of yeah. 15, 16. Um, how, how important is it going to be, do you reckon? I think, I mean, the way they've marketed it, and uh, same with the, the World Cup previous, but the way they've they've advertised everything and uh, tried to get behind the national team has, has been superb. So naturally, I think it will have a knock-on effect to younger players coming through that want to get involved in football and now have new role models. Um, you know, those England internationals are going to be more in the media spotlight, which is, again fantastic for like a young fan to be able to see and, and get kind of more time at seeing those players. I think, like you mentioned now, it's, it's about once you get the players involved in, in the game is how do you keep them in the game? You know, it can be difficult because there's so many things are going on in people's lives these days, you know, not just like the cost of living, but you know, the difficulties that people go through work life balance is, it's, it's, it's finding a way of keeping those players involved in the game not just up till 16, but onwards as an adult as well, which can be sometimes a bigger challenge rather than getting players in. But I, yeah, I think generally it'll have a good, it'll have a good knock-on effect. They've advertised, they've done it really well, they've marketed it really well. So, well, that, that was the, the kind of thread I was alluding to on, on the forum because it was congratulating the women on the, the Euros win and then it descended into a bit of a, a, an argument and a moan. And when I when I told my wife, she kind of rolled her eyes. I went, "Oh no, no, you don't know the reason. It was why aren't we doing more to promote our women's team?" 
and yeah. people people were moaning that we, we weren't pushing it. And I was like, well, this is this is a complete change from what I was expecting. So yeah. I, I think it's fantastic, um, and there's going to be a few extra people tagging along, especially as the fixtures have been really kind. I don't know whether it's deliberate. I presume it is. Um, where the men's team were away, the ladies' team were at home, and and so on. So um, for those who don't go to the away games like me, um, it's nice to get our little football fix down at Gander Green Lane um, on a Sunday. And obviously, I'll have the little um, shouting and screaming and flipping her water bottle until someone comes over and she'll pretend she watched the whole game. Um, but it's Fulham this Sunday. Yeah. At two o'clock kickoff, yep. and we're obviously in the stadium, and it's been a uh, it's dedicated it's a free admission. So. Um, well, that's what Dave Fairbrother said. So if that's wrong, we'll talk to Dave about it. But um, it's 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 a great chance to come and sort of cheer him on and um, hopefully get a good start to the to season, get three points on the board, and, and carry on the Gander Green Lane Fortress. Um, any any thoughts from you ahead of the game, or is it still just a big? We don't know what's going to we don't know what teams are going to be facing or anything like that this so far this season. Uh, I think from experience, like. Fulham ch- squad would have changed slightly from last season. That'd be normal. Um, Steve at down at Fulham's a good coach, so he'll set his team up in a certain way to play, and and hopefully we'll have an idea roughly on how they'll play that we can try and use to create like a game plan out of that. Um, but yeah, it would be a good game for the girls. It would be a good first test for them, and I'm sure they will rise to the occasion for it. And the other big change for us is substitutes because up until last season we had roll on, roll off. Yeah. Um, but this year it's it's the it's the straight. No. Uh, well, unless they've changed the rule since last year. Uh, last year when in the same league it was still roll on, roll off. I was uh, it. I was told it, it changed. Unless it might change, the rules might change. I have to I have to have a look at the rules again. But for as far as I'm aware, at this level, still it's roll on, roll okay. off. When you go up to tier four, that's definitely three clubs only. Right. Um, so yeah, that will obviously have a big impact. I quite like the roll and roll off. I think if we're talking about women staying in the game, still, you know, it's still it's a it's a, it's a competitive level where players want to get involved and want to be involved. And yeah, mm. even though you've got to manage the game with certain tactics. I think having the ability to be able to give players minutes, you yeah, know, be interested and keep them active is important. Mm. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. It, it threw me at first because the first time I saw it, I think someone was on a hat trick, and next thing they come off, and I'm like, "What's what's this going on?" What's this? And then they came back on. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, makes sense. But yeah, I think it, it was great for the. Um, I mean, I wonder if Faye knows it's roll on, roll off because she could she could come on again for a few minutes and yeah, yeah. a goal too. <laughs> I've actually met her. Yeah, I've heard I've heard about her, so I'll have to introduce myself. To her, yeah, so. yeah. She she she's enjoying her retirement at the moment. She said. <laughs> lying <laughs> but thank you so much for your time um yeah. and i will sort of wave from my corner on sunday yeah. um, i won't move because i have to stand there because that's where we're going to score goals um but i'll wave from my corner and look forward to meeting you in person soon yeah. brilliant thank you very much thank you and that's it for another episode of such united talk time on podcast thanks very much for listening um, find me on all social medias at Sutton podcast every like share and retweet is really really appreciated thank you to everyone doing that so far Thanks to all my guests, to Mark, to Alex from the DN35 podcast, and of course to Alex, the first team coach of the ladies team. If any of you are around on Sunday, it would be great to see a bigger crowd at the women's match, which kicks off at 2 o'clock with a bar open at 1.30. It's at Gander Green Lane, so you all know where it is. 
and hopefully we'll see a lot more of you there come and say hi you know where i stand on the curva thanks everyone for listening and take care see you soon bye bye sports social podcast network with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.